Come on, say it like you mean it. This is God's word. Not Pastor Evans' word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that there is power in your word. And so, Father, we thank you in advance that the power that is in your word is going to produce faith in our hearts as we hear it. And we know that when the word is preached, faith comes. And when faith comes, it causes victory to come through our lives. Because this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So I thank you for our hearts being prepared for what your word is going to do in our lives. And it's in Jesus' mighty name I pray. Let everybody say amen. Amen, amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Today I want to teach on the topic of promotion. Everybody say promotion. It is clear to me what God is doing here at Word of Truth Family Church and what He desires to do in your life. And one of the ways that God uses uh, to put His people in prominent places of influence and of power is through promotion. Say promotion. And I believe that this is the time in our lives as a church as individuals that you and I need to understand what promotion is, how we can position ourselves for it, and then understand why God wants to promote us anyway. So if you're taking notes, our lesson title is The Principles of Promotion. The Principles of Promotion. And we're going to look at two primary verses this morning. We're going to go to Psalm 75. We're going to look in verse 6. Psalm 75, 6. And then I want you to go over to 1 Kings chapter 14, verses 7. Now, this is one of those messages. And this is a series that I'm going to do. I'm not sure how long it's going to be. But uh, this is one of those messages and series that I want you to go back during the week and either watch it or listen to it. As a matter of fact, uh, our editing and our video is outstanding. So during the week, uh, probably around Wednesday, it'll be up for you to watch it. I want you to go back and listen and watch it. Now, God is a God of principles, protocol, and promises. Everybody say principles, protocol, and promises. Now, the principle is what God wants us to do. The protocol is how he wants us to go about doing it. And then, of course, the promise are the blessings that we get from obeying him. Now, for example, let let me use the area of monetary giving because we're all used to that principle. Let's use it as a principle. So let's say the principle of monetary uh, giving would be give. The protocol would be how he wants us to do it. Well, that's clear in scripture. He wants to bring our tithe and what? 
offer. And then watch this now. The promise that comes along with that are the windows of heaven being opened, blessings pouring out. God will rebuke the devourer for our sake and all kind of other blessings that come along with our giving. Now, the reason I'm reminding you that God is a God of principles, protocol, and promises is because it would be wrong for God to promote just some people and not others. If this was the case, that would mean that God is a respecter of persons, which means that he, you know, he specials, he looks at one person special over the other. And if that's the case, that would be wrong of God, which means that if God's heart is to promote everyone, there has to be something you and I must do in order to trigger it. Amen. So my goal is to provide you this morning with some biblical principles and some practical examples that you can use in your life to be promoted. Amen. Now go to Psalm 75. They're going to put the verses on the screen. Uh, This is going to be a very, very foundational verse. And what I'm teaching this morning can apply to any part of your life. You say, Pastor, I'm a, I'm a, uh, a homemaker. Uh, how can I get promoted? Uh, promotion is not about what you do. See, I'll show you that it is God who promotes. So it's not about you needing a job to be promoted by God. Watch what it says here in Psalm 75 verse 6. It says, for promotion comes neither from the east nor from the west, nor from the south. But God is the what? He's the judge. Watch this now. He puts down one and he sets up another. Now, I love the Living Bible translation of Psalm 75, verse 6. It says, for promotion and power comes from nowhere on earth, but only from God. He promotes one and he deposes another. Now, don't confuse God's power to promote with man's ability to exercise their wills. In other words, you know, man's exercising of their will and God's power are different. And what I mean by that, there is a man-made system by which you can be promoted. Amen. I mean, you can work hard. And I'm not saying you shouldn't work hard, but working hard does not always produce promotion. Amen. You can be a brown noser. You can compromise your spiritual convictions to be accepted, but that even that does not guarantee you promotion. You can sleep your way up to the top, but eventually you'll realize at some point you will need some brain power instead of some bed power. And even with that, there is no guarantee that you will be promoted. So let's start out by me giving you the definition of promotion. Now, the dictionary defines promotion as the advancement of rank or position. The advancement of rank or position. Now, in Psalm 75, let me give you the biblical definition of promotion. It means to raise up. Everybody say to raise up. It means to exalt. Everybody say to exalt. And then here's the next one, to lift up. So in the Bible, when God mentions promotion, he means to raise up, to exalt, and to lift one up. So let's reread now Psalm 75 with the biblical definition in it. For promotion, or to be raised up and exalted, comes neither from the east, nor the west, nor south. But God is the judge. He puts down one, and he sets up another. 
So as a believer, promotion or advancement does not start with my boss, my supervisor, or my organization. It starts with God. In fact, God has the ability to influence anyone that's in a high-profile position. Write down Proverbs 21.1. It says, The king's heart is in the hands of the Lord as the rivers of water, and he will turn it whatever way he will. So promotion starts with God. Everybody say promotion starts with God. Promotion starts with God, but there is something that God does. Watch this. Listen to me. That determines whether promotion takes place in our lives. This verse says that God is the judge. That means God is judging. Here's my question. If God is judging, what is God judging? Well, obviously, he's judging who gets the promotion or who doesn't get the promotion. So what criteria is God using in order to determine who gets promoted or not? Well, I'm glad you asked me. Now, we're about to read a story in the Bible, and sometimes I have to remind you that the people in the Bible were real. Touch your neighbor and say, these are real people. Amen. I don't know what's going to happen when Jesus comes back and we all get caught up in the air with him. Maybe God, because the Bible says there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. Maybe God's going to write a new Bible. Maybe there's going to be a book of heaven in there. I don't know. I hope not. (laughs) But we're about to read a story that is identical to Psalm 75. It's in 1 Kings chapter 14. It's about a guy named Jeroboam. And so God was sending someone to give Jeroboam a message. So in verse 7 it says, Go tell Jeroboam, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, For as much as I exalted you, Now the word exalted there is the same Hebrew word, as the word promotion. In other words, they're the same words. This is just a different English word. And so what he was saying is, for as much Jeroboam, I have promoted you from among the people and I have made you prince over my people Israel. And I tore the kingdom away from the house of David and I gave it to you, Jeroboam. And you have not been as my servant David, watch this now, who kept my commandments, who followed me with all of his what class? All of his heart to do that only which was right in my eyes. But you have done evil above all that were before you. For you have gone and made the other gods and molten images. And you provoked me to anger and have cast me behind your back. Therefore, Jeroboam, behold, I will bring evil upon the house of Jeroboam. I will cut off from Jeroboam him that pisses against the wall. Sounds like God is pissed off, ain't it? (laughs) I normally don't use that word, but he said piss, so I'm going to say it too. God was pissed off. (laughs) He said, I'm going to cut Jeroboam off from him that pisses against the wall and him that is shut up and left in Israel. I'm going to take away the remnant of the house of Jeroboam as the man that take away dong. Oh, my God. He's talking about pee and boo-boo. Oh, my God. God is upset. Y'all stay focused. All right, stay focused. I just had to say that. I laughed when I was studying this, you know. 
So let me give you the first principle if you're taking notes that affects promotion. Here's the first principle. Your heart attitude and your heart condition. Your heart attitude and your heart condition. This is the thing that God is judging. Remember it says that God, he's the one that promotes. He puts up one. He brings down another. And then it says he judges that. Well, what is he judging? He is judging my heart attitude and condition. Here, I want you to write down a take-home statement. You can just write down THS if you're taking notes. Here's a take-home statement. Promotion starts with an attitude before it becomes an action. I'm going to say that again. Promotion starts with an attitude before it becomes an action. Notice he said in that verse, For as much as I have promoted you from among the people and made you prince over my people, if you go down to verse 8, he says, David followed me with his whole heart. So our heart is the gateway to our success. I want you to say this. Say, my heart is the gateway to my success. Amen. It might look like the enemy is after your stuff, your money, your marriage, but he's not really after that. He's really after your heart. Because he knows if your heart gets off, listen to me, your faith is in jeopardy of not working. Because faith works in the heart. In fact, I'm going to throw something in here for free because some of you all don't understand there's a systematic way to handle problems. The Bible says in 1 John 5, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So your faith and my faith that God has given us is designed to overcome any problem that we may encounter. Now, here's the thing. The problem may change, but what I'm about to explain to you as far as the faith process, it doesn't change. You just apply this process to any problem and it will work. So here's the faith process and here's how it works because this all takes place in the heart. Number one, faith comes when the word is heard. Everybody say faith comes when the word is heard. Number two, the word must be properly received in the heart so believing can start. In other words, when the word comes, faith starts. But the word has to have a landing place. Everybody say a landing place. The word has to find a landing place. Here is why. So that believing can start. And since believing takes place in the heart, you and I must protect our hearts from spiritual contaminants. Here's number three. After, listen, after faith comes when we hear the word and then the word properly finds a place in our heart so we can start believing, then confession should be made from your mouth. And then here's number four, manifestation. Everybody say manifestation. Manifestation will happen, not might happen. It will happen if you and I maintain our faith position. Now, what I'm going to do is quickly give you scripture on the process I just gave you. Number one, I said faith comes when the word is heard. Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith coming by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when faith comes, uh, uh, faith comes when the word is heard. Here's number two. I said the word must be properly received in the heart so believing can start. Well, I'm going to read two verses of scripture, Matthew 13, verse 19 and Romans 10, 10. In Matthew 13, 19, it says when one person hears the word of the kingdom, which is what you and I are doing now, and watch this, and understands it not, 
Then the wicked one comes and takes away that or the word which was sown where? In the heart. This is why Pastor Eben teaches. Because teaching helps you to understand. And once you understand, the devil cannot come and take away the word that I gave you. But if I don't teach you for so you can understand the word, the moment you get out of here, that word's going to leave your life because he can't. Listen, he will take what you don't understand. Amen. So you can go to church all day and want to feel good. It's not about feeling good. It's about knowing. Amen. He said he comes and takes away the word which was sown in the heart. But watch this now. It says, this is he who receives seed by the wayside. Verse 20 says, but he that receives seed in stony places, the same as he that hears the word and walks away with joy and receives it. Yet he does not have root in himself, but endure for a while. Watch this now. For when tribulation or persecution arises because somebody hates you. No, it doesn't say that, does it? It says, for when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, then people become offended. You don't understand. The devil's not after your job. He's not after your wife or your husband or your children. He's after the word that's inside of you. Because if he gets the word, you will not produce. Romans 10.10, because my point is the word must be properly received in the heart so believing can take place. Romans 10.10 says, for with the heart man believes. So you and I believe from the heart. Amen. And the devil is after your heart because it is the spiritual container for your faith. Everybody say years ago. Years ago, I think Word of Truth Family Church was a couple years old. And... uh it was brought to my attention that someone tried to steal from the offering. Now, don't look at me like that because if you're not tithing, you're stealing. That wasn't in my notes. I just want you to know that. That was not in my notes. But uh, this particular person tried to steal from the offering. What they didn't understand is there are cameras all over this place. You can't even turn the hallway without a camera being on. Of course, they sent me down to the ISD, and sure enough, this person was trying to put their hand in the cookie jar. And, uh, you know, I sat down with them, and we talked it out, and they, they, they did the right thing and, and brought it back. But, but, but the devil said to me, see, you can't trust nobody. And see, I know. First of all, I know when the devil's talking to me because it's always negative. It's going to blame somebody. It's always going to be negative or it's always going to contradict what God has said. That's easy to know when the devil is talking. And so I knew what he was trying to do because, see, the reason why a lot of churches, and I'm not being critical, I'm just being real. The reason why a lot of churches don't ever get big is because the pastor can't trust nobody. But see, at the end of the day, it's not people you should trust first. It's God. And I knew the devil was trying to get me to not trust nobody because if I can't trust somebody, that means I got to do it all myself. And guess what? I can't do it all myself. So I had a choice to make that day. Am I going to let the devil create fear for me to not trust people? Or am I going to trust God and trust people? Guess which one I picked. You can see which one today, didn't you? Already, praise the Lord. Here's the third thing I said. Then confession was, must be made from the mouth. I know people have problems with people confessing the word. Why are you saying that? Why are you saying that? Why are you saying that? Well, why you ain't saying it? 
Because Romans 10.10b or the latter part of Romans 10.10 says, and with the mouth this confession is made unto salvation. When you believe something, you ought to be saying something. And then manifestation, this was number four, will happen if you maintain your faith position. I love Hebrews 12, uh, 6.12. It says, be not slothful, but followers of those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. Some things you just got to wait it out. And I'm not just waiting, I'm confessing, I'm thanking, I'm praising, amen? Now, I went through those, went through all of that for two reasons. Number one is to help you see that the faith process is for anything you're believing for in your life. And in this case, I'm talking about promotion, so I want you to have faith for promotion. Number two, I wanted to show you how your heart is connected to your faith so you will see the importance of maintaining the condition of your heart. And see, there was a person in the Old Testament that God promoted them because their heart was right. But somewhere in his journey of being king, his heart changed from being right over to being wrong. This is in 1 Samuel 15, 16. As a matter of fact, I didn't give them this verse, but I want you to pull it up for me. It's in 1 Samuel chapter 15, and uh, we're going to look in verse 16 and 17. This is about the, 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 the uh, king named Saul. Saul, the Bible describes him as a tall, handsome young man that God decided to make to be the first king that Israel had ever had. Let me make that correction. The second king because God was the first king. So look in verse 16. It says, then Samuel, let me just, let me set it up. God had told Saul, listen, when y'all go to this city, kill everything. Kill everybody. Don't bring nothing back. And so uh, Samuel, who was the prophet at the time, came and noticed that Saul hadn't killed everything. He heard some goats bleeding and and some other things. And so this was Saul, now uh, Samuel, confronting Saul. He says, Then Samuel said to Saul, Stay, and I will tell you what the Lord says to me this night. And he said unto him, Say on. And Samuel said, Well, watch this now. Here's a hard attitude. When you were little in your own sight, When your company only made $100,000 a year, your heart was good. Touch your neighbor and say, he's talking to somebody right now. He said, but, uh, and, and were you not the head of tribes of Israel and the Lord anointed you to be king over Israel? I'm jumping down to verse 21. Watch this. But, and so he said, well, what happened? Why is all this stuff around? And so now Saul wants to blame. But when you're the leader, you got to blame yourself. He said, but the people took the spoil and the sheep and the oxen and the chief good stuff, which should be utterly destroyed, and they did that so they could sacrifice it unto the Lord. And Samuel said, has the Lord has great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Watch what he says. This is where that phrase comes from. He He said, behold, it is better to obey than the sacrifice. And then he says, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness, watch this, as idolatry and iniquity he says because watch this now because you have rejected the word of the lord since you didn't obey him watch what happened the lord has rejected you from being king it was the condition of saul's heart watch this that got him promoted but it was also the condition of saul's heart that got him demoted 
And see, I'm talking to a lot of people today because God has promoted a lot of you. It's not just how well you do your job that determines if you stay in that place of promotion. Because that's not what got you there. What got you there is God. I know it looked like God used man, and he did. But see, if you don't watch it, you'll get in places of prominence. And your heart will begin to change. See, God and the kingdom is different from the world. See, as you get higher in the world, the the world calls it being a boss. See, some of us, we're trying to be the boss. You know, I go places and people don't know me, but, you know, they just look at you. Hey, boss, what's happening? Well, call me what you want to. But see, the question is, how do I feel about me? And many of us don't realize that maybe we've gotten demoted in life because our heart towards God changed. And that's what happened to Saul. His heart changed. And let me tell you something. There's one thing that Pastor Edmund monitors on a regular basis. Everybody say on a regular. Come on now. You know you like like to be regular. You feel bad when you ain't regular. Well, I make sure on a regular I'm checking that heart out. Amen. And here's the thing. The devil is trying to keep your heart messed up because he knows that's where faith takes place. He's trying to keep it messed up from the last relationship. So you won't have faith for the new one that God is sending. Amen. It's not even about your ex. It's not even about what they did. It's about what condition the devil is trying to make your heart be in. That's why forgiveness is never for the person. It's for you. Amen. This is why some married couples can never resolve issues in their relationship. Because their heart was damaged from a previous disagreement or challenge. And they have not chosen to forgive the person. Which they did it on purpose or not. See, sometimes we determine, okay, I'll forgive them if they didn't do it on purpose. Well, what if they did do it on purpose? Amen. Jesus said when he was dying on the cross, Father, this is in Luke chapter 23, verse 34. He says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Now, you know, most people don't understand that Had Jesus died without forgiving those individuals, he would have died in sin. Let me break this down for you. Let me ask you a question. Is unforgiveness a sin? It is. If you agree with me, raise your hand if it's a sin. Okay, so if unforgiveness is a sin and Jesus is on the cross, his last minutes of life, and someone does something that bothers him or, or offends him, Had he not forgiven them, he would have died in sin. And had he died in sin, he would not have been the ultimate sacrifice needed to save us. Amen. And there's some of you in the room today. God is wanting to make some heart adjustments. Because if your heart is not right, even if man promotes you, because listen, man can promote you. Man can promote you. And let's say that man promotes you, but your heart is not right. Then once you get up in that high profile position, whatever it may be, 
Because your heart is not right, things won't be right. Everybody say years ago. Years ago as I closed, uh, my first corporate job, uh, I worked for a man named Cecil Bowes. Uh, I used to work for a company called Monarch Marketing Systems. It was a a subsidiary of Pitney Bowes. Uh, You have to understand my background is business first and then ministry second. So, uh, I mean, I I worked for Cecil, and Cecil was a a contemporary slave master. I mean, and he was an armchair manager. That means he didn't get up out of his chair. If his pen was on the floor, he would call me on my speakerphone in my office. Evan, can you come here for a minute? Hey, Cecil, what's up? Can you pick up my pen for me? Okay, Cecil. <laughs> At first, Cecil got on my nerve. Because I couldn't understand why some of the stuff he was asking me to do, why couldn't he do it? As a matter of fact, not only was it bothering me that he was asking me to do it, it was in his job description to get it done. I had my own job description. But see, I had to make sure that this thing stays right because, see, the Bible says in Colossians, whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord and not unto me. And knowing that from the Lord is where you're going to get your reward. So I had to stop working for Cecil and start working for Jesus. And I'm telling you, the moment I decided to do that, it seemed like life got harder. Cecil became more demanding. I'm like, Lord, I'm trying to do this for you. Keep doing it for me, Evan. It's going to change. And what happened? Because I'm going to show you next week in next week's lesson. The moment I began to serve Cecil, not obey Cecil, serve Cecil. Because, see, you can obey with a bad attitude. I used to do it when my parents used to ask me to clean my room. Oh, I did it, but I had an attitude when I was doing it. The moment I began to serve Cecil, something began to change. Favor started coming. I could go anywhere. If I just needed to take off without taking out no vacation, using no off time, i just go in there and say, hey, Cecil, I, I need something. He says, whatever you got to do, go do it. He didn't stop me. You know, and I'll never forget, and I'm closing right here. Touch your neighbor and say, he's closing. I'll never forget, uh, Cecil came into my office because he came, he, he called me in there. He says, I'm getting ready to quit. I said, what? I said, where are you going? He told me he was going to go work for our competition. So he sat me down. He says, Evan, listen, I'm getting ready to quit. I haven't told anybody. I'm telling you first. He says, but I'm getting ready to have a meeting and I'm going to tell them that I'm leaving. He says, now, listen. All this time you've been working for me, I had you doing my job because I knew I was going to leave. And now they can't say you're not qualified for it because you did everything that I was supposed to be doing. Listen. He said, so here's what I want you to do when I'm done. When I'm gone and they, and, and, and they throw me a goodbye party, which they probably won't. He says, I want you to go up to Clarence's office. Clarence was his boss. And sit down with Clarence. Ask him for a $10,000 raise and explain to him why you're asking for it. And all you're going to do is lay out all the things that was on my job description that you've been doing. 
Well, that's exactly what I did. I set up a meeting with Clarence Gillis. And I went up to his office. I said, Clarence, I, I, I know Cecil's gone. And uh, we really don't need to replace him with somebody from the outside. I said, I've been doing this job. And I laid it out. And I said, you know what? I want a $10,000 raise. How many know they gave me a $10,000 raise? <laughs> Promotion does not start on the outside. It starts on the inside. And with every head bowed, I believe there are some people that God needs for you to make some heart adjustments this morning. With very little moving. Because here's the thing. In fact, look up at me before we pray. Look up. Look up at me. Statistics show that heart disease is the number one cause of death in the world. And it's the leading cause of death right here in the United States. 375 people die due to heart disease every year. Well, I believe it's bigger than just heart disease. I believe it's a spiritual heart disease. And some of you are trying to correct your actions when you really need to be correcting your heart. I'm talking to somebody right now. You're married. Oh, Jesus, Lord, help me. And you ain't got to come in. You ain't got to tell me. I just know by the Spirit I'm talking to somebody. And you're trying to get out of a relationship with somebody else that you shouldn't be in because you're married. And it, for some reason, you keep telling yourself, I'm not going to go back. I'm not going to go back. But you go back. You know why you're going back? You're trying to correct an action with your head. But the problem is your heart's changed. Your spouse has offended you. You got to fix that. With every head bowed. I believe God wants to do open heart surgery this morning. There are some hearts that need to be mended. There are some hearts that need to be healed. There are some hearts that need to be changed. Hallelujah. Spirit of God, let the word that has been heard reach fertile hearts. And those, Father, who have been struggling on the job, in their relationships. Their hearts are being turned for some reason in the opposite direction. Help them to see. It's not what's been done to them because at the end of the day, we're all responsible for our own hearts. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. There's somebody here today. You're dating somebody. And, and I don't know if the person you're dating is the person that God wants you to marry, but I'm saying this because he just showed me something. You're struggling in that dating relationship. The person has done nothing. They're a great person. But you're struggling to trust them. But it has nothing to do with the person you're dating. It's because of the distrust that you experienced in previous relationships. And all you're doing is carrying it over and that's not fair to the person. I know I'm talking to somebody right now. Let God fix it right now. So here's what I'm asking everyone in the building to do. Allow the Spirit of God to examine your heart. Father, we thank you for healing, for changing, for growing, 
and for mending. And I pray by the Spirit of God that the power of God will come on those who are listening now and begin to melt away all the issues that they have dealt with. Surface whatever it is they need to let go of. And I pray now they will let go of it. With every head still bowed, you may be here today and you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life.